What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 24th episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on the show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. On this week's episode, we head on down to South Park and meet some friends of mine in South Park, The Stitch of Truth, released on March 4th, 2014. While it was initially revealed at E3 2012, it was a game that had been in development as far back as 2009, which was a really, really long time ago. While it took some time to get here, it was certainly well worth the wait, both for South Park fans, as well as people like me who didn't really watch South Park regularly or anything like that. So my story with South Park and kind of my experience with the franchise is um, I kind of watched it in high school uh, when it first came out uh, for a couple seasons, uh, basically around season four or five is kind of when I fell off of South Park. Although I think looking back in hindsight, I think now South Park is actually probably uh, better written and more funny now than it was when I was first watching it. Um, but I th I've talked about this on other podcasts as well. I don't really watch a lot of TV shows, especially long running TV shows, um, just because I don't like ongoing stories or things that just like TV series that go on for too long. Um, there are rare exceptions where I I'm okay with that stuff like Seinfeld, for example, I really still like to this day. Um, but most long form TV series, I just can't get into. Um, I, that's one of the reasons I really like anime in particular, where either you've got like a really short first season or second season, like you, you've it. Most shows are only like a couple seasons and each one is maybe 12 to 24 episodes. So that's more my thing. I like shows with like a definitive beginning and end um, that don't really go on for too long. So uh, that's kind of more my jam, which is why, again, I kind of fell off South Park. But at the same time, I still really appreciate uh, the level of humor in South Park. And I kind of really like the, the writing in South Park. So definitely this is the type of game that uh, appealed kind of to me as like a, a latent South Park fan, someone who appreciates South Park, but just didn't really stick with it, if that makes any sense. Now, up until this point, there were many, many, many South Park games across a bunch of different platforms, including the 360, with genres racing from first-person shooters, kart racers, tower defense games, and many, many more, and with most of which were like very hit or miss. I know before this whole process started, uh, Trey and Matt really wanted to basically ha treat the franchise with care because they're both actually pretty big gamers and uh, they didn't want to just license the game out to anyone. They they got a bunch of offers basically to be like, hey, we would love to make a South Park game. Uh, but with the very hit or miss nature of South Park games up until that point, they kind of wanted to go more hands on with the experience. So what they decided to do is they actually pitched the idea of doing a South Park game to Obsidian. Um, which are the, the makers of Fallout New Vegas, The Outer Worlds, stuff like that. Basically, their idea was to make a video game to that basically felt like an episode of the TV show when you played it. Um, and originally, their pitch to Obsidian was an RPG in the form of a first-person game like The Elder Scrolls or Fallout. However, design constraints and the desire to make it look the same as the show or give it that same, like, South Park look really forced them to change things up. So they actually turned it into a 2D, 2D turn-based RPG. 
Throughout the entire process, both Trey and Matt were heavily involved with the dev team, which really helped lend authenticity to the experience. They actually wrote the script and, and they brought uh, the themselves as well as the full cast in for, for the voiceovers. Um, there was also reports that the script was like 500 pages long. It was like a super long script. They just had a ton of different ideas for the game. Um, they also said they were in meetings basically with um the dev the dev team like every single day for like two or three hours <laughs> so it's just like they were heavily heavily involved with this process which in turn might have slowed down the process a bit um because it took so long to come out but at the same time i think it was well worth it in the end given the final product now in 2011 THQ signed a deal with Obsidian to publish the game. However, around the same time the next year, THQ actually filed for bankruptcy, and it was a huge story in the video game industry because THQ had a bunch of different licensed properties, but they also uh, did a lot of other uh, individual games. Like, they had their own IPs, stuff like Saints Row. Um, so, and this was a huge story in the industry because they basically went bankrupt from Udraw, uh, which was basically this uh, tablet based game um they they just produced way too many of them um and it's a whole big story so you should definitely look into it if you don't know too much about uh the thq story and of course after thq went under um all of their properties including south park were actually auctioned off so basically what ended up happening was ubisoft picked up the rights to the game from the auction Ubisoft, after taking over, basically came to Trey and Matt and, they were, and the dev team and they were like, look, we, did, we need to scale down this game a bit because otherwise it's going to take like four years, four more years for this game to come out. So essentially, after multiple delays leading up to the game's release, it released with both critical acclaim and commercial success. So what makes the Stick of Truth special? For starters, with the story being written by Trey and Matt, it really fulfilled the vision of being a playable season of South Park, not just an episode, because this game's long enough to be like an entire season of South Park. Basically, even though it's it's a shorter game, it's about eight to ten hours to finish. Um, it really, even that, when you think about it, is like a full season. That's like 13 to 20 episodes of South Park right there. So for the most part, it, you're getting a full like almost like unreleased season of South Park when you play this, which is kind of cool. You had the same humor, spot-on references, and endearing characters that made the TV series great, and the top-down influence really influenced everything from the look of the game, the combat, the items you collect, character progression, and abilities, and it really was baked into the world of South Park. You really felt like, um, basically from um, everything in the experience, it really felt like it was South Parkified if that makes any sense. Uh, and that's one of the great things about this game in, when you compare it to other licensed games, because it really, all the, the best licensed games make you feel like you're part of that world. And this game made you feel like you were part of that world, not just from the story, but for the gameplay perspective, and also just the look as well, just looked like South Park. You also get to fully explore South Park for the very first time, as Trey and Matt essentially needed to map out the town for the very first time just for this game, since they really hadn't done it for the show itself, because um, they actually talked about this at when it was first announced at E3 2012, where they basically, they hadn't really had to think about before, okay, where is Kyle's house in proportion to Cartman's house, in proportion to where the school is and stuff like that? Like, they never really had to think about that when they were uh, designing the show. They would basically be like, all right, now we're at Kyle's house. All right, now we're uh, going to downtown South Park. Whereas in the game, because you're traveling from place to place and because it's an open world game, um, 
you, they had really had to think about, okay, where, like how far is everything away from each other? So, uh, it was really cool, uh, to see them go through that process. And, and it definitely, when you play the game, uh, it's really interesting to go visit all your favorite places from the TV show. Uh, even stuff that I remember again, from the early season, it says South Park. And, uh, yeah, I think all that stuff was really, really well done. Now, for those that haven't played it before, you play as the new kid in quotation. That's what they refer to your character as who moves to South Park with his family. The new kid gets introduced to the kids as they are in the middle of a make-believe fantasy battle over the stick of truth, which is basically an item that apparently has them control the universe. It's a whole thing. There's a large overarching plot that involves the other residents of the town, but I really won't go far into it because this is the type of game you gotta play for yourself. It's the perfect setup as well to explain why the kids would be fighting, but also why it's a turn-based RPG, because... It's like weird that they're stopping in the middle of the street to do RPG combat, but it explains it in the game. And actually they, they poke some fun at it, which is uh, pretty funny as well. There's a lot to like in the stick of truth story, whether you're a diehard South Park fan or someone like me who fell off from the series a long time ago. There's also a ton of references to other events from the show, other video games, society itself, and pop culture, and many of your favorite South Park characters make an appearance in one way or the other. I always liken the town of South Park to uh, the town of Springfield from The Simpsons, where uh, the the side characters that the kids kind of interact with in South Park are almost more interesting than the kids themselves. Um, so it was really great to see like all of these other characters get represented in one way or another in this game, whether you're fighting them or whether you're just chalking them on the street. As good as the story is, the gameplay is no slouch either. The turn-based battles play out similarly to the Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario games on Nintendo consoles, as each action taken has some form of interactivity, whether it's pressing the A button at a specific time for extra damage, or spinning around the analog stick to throw an item. Even though the action is turn-based, you always feel like you're doing something. Even when you're waiting for the enemies to take their turns, it's an interesting approach to turn-based battles, and it's quite engaging throughout the entire experience. Enemies can range from random kids and animals to fights with some of the series' most memorable villains and other characters, including some great boss fights and surprises. Weapons and upgrades also feel really good, with a great level of power progression and difficulty that doesn't really feel too difficult or that you don't really have to grind at all or anything like that. Like, it's not a grindy RPG in any way. It's very satisfying to play and will keep you coming back for more. As for how well the game holds up today, it's still just as much fun to look at and play today as it was back in 2014. With the game mimicking the South Park visual look, I suspect it's a game that's going to age gracefully whether you're playing it today or picking it up 20 years from now. However, replaying the game is really probably going to yield diminishing returns due to the story relying on comedy. It's a game that I've replayed pretty much every two years since it came out, and I've always enjoyed my time going back to it. Of course, though, uh, since it's just like re-watching a, t- a comedy TV show or a movie, the jokes just aren't going to land the same way as you they did when you first played it or first watched the, the, the TV series. And I think I suspect that's what's going to happen here, because even though the game, the, the story hasn't really kept me coming back to the game, it's really been the gameplay that's actually made me uh, motivated to replay it so many times. And uh, yeah, some of the jokes are still really funny today, but you do lose a little bit of that punch. So it's not as memorable as when you first played it. So definitely replayability isn't great here, but it's still really fun to go back to. And uh, that's the main thing. It's still really worth going back to just for the gameplay alone, I think. If you're looking to pick up South Park The Stick of Truth today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360 and it's backwards compatible on Xbox One. 
There's also an Xbox One version of the game that was released alongside the Fracture But Whole, but it's pretty much just a direct port of the game. So honestly, I'd go with that with whichever one's cheaper, which is honestly probably the 360 version. But either one will will do the trick. Um, and it's and especially uh, uh, when compared to some of the other re-releases that we've talked about in other episodes, this one is pretty much it's pretty much just the 360 game as is. Um, they kind of did that because this game came out after the Xbox One came out. So when the Fractured But Whole came out, they offered it as a pre-order bonus, and then they started selling it separately after after the game released. Um, but it was pretty much just to get it in the hands of people uh, before backwards compatibility even came in uh, to be able to just play this game in particular. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You can also find the Pantsman himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, or us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye.